Hey everybody, just wanted to take a few seconds of your time before the podcast starts. Just wanted to let you know about a passion project of mine for the last three years called Hustle Focused Energy. It's a powdered drink mix intended to help you focus and accomplish your goals. Super excited to bring this to market. Go check it out, hustletheday.com. And thank you so much for listening. On this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I have Anne Laguza. Anne runs the Works Consulting, which provides human resources, leadership development, and performance coaching solutions that are go above and beyond. She's a fantastic human being, and I'm super honored to have her on the podcast today. Go ahead and take a listen, and let's jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. Super excited, very honored to have my friend Ann Laguza here today. And this has been a long time coming. I'm, I'm excited, I'm nervous, all of the above. Why don't you jump in here? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am so excited too. I know, I can't believe how long it's been. So, um, my name is Ann Laguza. I am the CEO of the Works Consulting. Uh, we provide leadership development consulting, which includes individual coaching, and we also do workshops for groups, and it's all focused on trying to make leaders more effective. Perfect. Yeah. And you know what? You're, you're definitely an example of that. You know, we happen to be a part of the same networking group, and so we know, uh, so I get to see some of the behind the scenes, and, and you've got a fantastic reputation uh, for what you do. and. You know, it, it's great seeing you being a part of these workshops, like you said, and being on stages and talking to people. And you, you had a goal this year with stages, correct? Yeah, it was. I wanted to speak on 20 stages in 2020, which be, kind of became a small challenge when we had the pandemic <laughs> in March because I had booked some um, speaking engagements and immediately they got canceled. Um, but... One of them continued virtually, and actually now I booked two more virtually, and and I've had more than I thought I would in this period of time. So I think I'm at 17 or 18. So I'm really close to hitting that 20 for the year. I'm super excited. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that you had that goal, and you still managed to get that goal in the face of that adversity. <laughs> and you know what? We all we all face that adversity. It's what we do with it that makes the difference. So. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you got into kind of being the, the authority on HR and leadership and, you know, management and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, so my career technically started 29 years ago, which just sounds so long, <laughs> but I started as a human resources manager and I, I worked in house in various positions and um, you, I don't know that you know this about human resources, but it's kind of unusual to start. It was my second job out of college. It's kind of unusual to start in a human resources manager role. Um, I had 150 employees at this uh, location, but I was lucky where they were. They had a brand new position. They were really looking to train somebody. I was in the right place at the right time, and I got the job. So that kind of started my career in human resources, something I had never studied for. I didn't think that's what I wanted to do. I had no idea, but I really liked it. Um, as time sort of progressed, what I found is in California where I'm located, there's a lot of employment laws 
And those are, you know, things you have to deal with. But what I'm really passionate about or what I found that I was so passionate about is helping leaders be better at doing their jobs because they often feel so either stifled by laws or stifled by the rules of the company um, and almost aren't free thinking for themselves on how they want to treat people. And they have, a lot of them have great ideas and just aren't implementing them. So that sort of became my passion. Um, I started my company, though, this was kind of interesting. I went to work for an entertainment startup and um, they grew rapidly, but it was during the time where everybody was growing and then quickly downsizing. And we were laying off about half of our staff, but I wasn't included in the layoff. Um, but I had a great relationship with my CEO. And so I just went to him one day and I said, hey, do you mind uh, laying me off with all these people? Um, because I want to start my own business. And he said, okay, like, but we got to work some things out. He's like, we need your help on a few things. <laughs> but he was amazing. I mean, he, he definitely set me up for success. I mean, I only worked at that company for eight months, but they, they gave me a very generous severance package. So, and they, and what, one of my favorite things that they did is um, I'm cleaning out my office, you know, and he comes by and he's like, why don't you just take all this equipment with you? Cause you need stuff. Right. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, cause we don't, you know, we don't need it anymore. So he's like, give me my printer and, you know, my computer and just giving me all the stuff to go. And it was, um, it was really funny. It was just like one of those moments where I went, you know, how many times am I going to get this opportunity in my life? I have, you know, enough financial backing to get this started. I have the ability to be able to do it. You know, I got to run with it. And I've been wanting to do it for a long time. So that was 19 years ago. So I was 10 years kind of in-house and then went out on my own after that. Wow. That is a crazy story. That is... <laughs> It's awesome. Who says like, oh yeah, just go ahead and take company property. Like no big deal. <laughs> I know. I know. They were really good to me. I mean, I still have, I've actually went back to him recently and thanked him again because that was, that was a huge moment. I mean, that could have gone so many different ways, right? He could have, mm -hmm. he could have not made it. He could have not given me a generous severance package. He could have, you know, made it really rough on me, but he really was amazing at that time. It was so great. Yeah. And you know what, props to you for recognizing the opportunity and asking for the opportunity because a lot of people, they don't either ask for the opportunity or they see a situation like that and they're like, oh, I'm glad I have my safety net yeah. and I have a job. Great. Let's hold on tighter to this rather than, yeah, I should probably ask him to fire me. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It is a little strange. You're right. I don't think my dad felt very secure about any of those decisions, but it is what it is. Yeah, but uh, hey, it, you you were prepared for it. You know what? And yeah. you know what? I think you've got a good head on your shoulders, and you know it worked. It's obviously worked out pretty well for you, even yeah. in the midst Absolutely. of everything going on. So, yeah, it definitely has. Well, that's great. Um, so, what was it like? starting out for you, you know, did, were you able to get clients very quickly or was it more of a, Hey, I really need to figure out, you know, how to get, how to prospect these clients. Yeah, it definitely was not easy. Like a lot of people I know have gone out and consulting sort of almost knew they were going out before. So almost started building relationships with people they could lean on. I didn't really have that situation. But uh, I, I will tell you what, I had some great people when I started my business. And this is why I'm a huge fan of paying it forward to people who start their businesses. It, it actually drives me. But I had done some work, a, a few jobs before with this. Um, they were like a temporary staffing company. It was a husband and wife team. 
And I can't remember all those details, but I do know I reached out to them and told them I was starting my own business. So they took me to lunch at a restaurant, by the way, that I thought I could never afford. And I just recently remembered that when I was at that restaurant, I was like, I remember when I didn't think I could come here. Um, and they literally opened their client book. I'll never forget his wife doing this. Go, she's like, goes through a client book, person by person going, I think this person could use some, because in the beginning, I kind of focused just on human resources, right? More on the compliance side. I think they could use human resources. I think they could use it. I think they could use it. And she said, okay, I'm going to give you all their names and numbers. And she goes, if you want me to go on client appointments, I will. And she said, um, but whatever you need from me, and this is my, I still get chills when I say this today. She said, but I'm going to tell you something. She's like, as long as we, meaning her and her husband, as long as we continue to have this business, you will never need to work for somebody again. She said, because if you ever can't pay for, you know, a meal or, you know, you're struggling to get by, you just call me. I'm going to get you a temp job filing or doing something like that just to tie you over. And then you'll be able to, you know, continue doing your own thing. Insane. I mean, who does that? <laughs> Nobody. I'm speechless. Like, yeah, who I know. does that? that? That is amazing. Somebody, you, yeah, they... That they definitely wanted you to succeed. Yeah, like I didn't know them that well. It was like we were friends. I've never even been to their house or anything. We just had done a lot of business together because the company I worked for, we did a lot of temporary staffing. I mean, we use their agency a lot, but I will never forget that. And I, I swear, sometimes I think just that belief, I never had to call them for anything. You know, they checked on me many times. I did go through a client list. What's interesting is I didn't land any of her clients. I ended up landing other people, but I think it just gave me the confidence yeah. to do it. You know, I, I think I remember talking to one and I, I think I might've outpriced myself or who knows, you know, maybe at the end of the day, it just wasn't going to be a match no matter what, but gosh, just that confidence in me and not even knowing me. And just, that, that was unbelievable. Like I said, I get chills every time I tell that story. You you think you got chills? I got chills on this side of the screen. I mean, that was that was incredible. And yeah. you know, what? it totally is the confidence thing. It is mm-hmm. having somebody who believes in what you're doing is just a huge confidence booster. So, thank you, Anne, because you have I've sent you some of the hustle product, and you're out there posting about it. And I've had people reach out to me like, "Oh, I saw Anne's posting about this," and so. Thank you for paying it forward. My pleasure. That's exactly why I do that. I'm telling you, I, I did a story about this once on Instagram kind of as a joke, but I have bought more like products and many of them are from MLMs. And I mean, I could just go on and on about how much I have because I have friends who are like, okay, I'm going to start selling oils or I'm selling um, an alarm system or, and I'm like, okay. I'm your first customer. Like, cause I just believe in supporting people and you know, you know that not everybody um, ends up feeling like an entrepreneurship is really for them, which I understand, but I'm, I'm certainly not going to be the person that's not going to support. I will always support if, if I can in any way, I definitely will. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That having that first experience, uh, you know what, that, that would definitely change my perspective too. It's like, well, yeah, if somebody's willing to literally open their client book for me to start something, that's, yeah, I definitely feel always the need to pay that forward. So yeah. maybe I need to have that mentality. <laughs> <laughs> it served me well, well so far. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it sounds like you were able to get a, a client list going, you know, fairly quick, which is great. But I do agree. I've, I've Most of the people that I know that have been in consulting, they mm-hmm. have things lined up before they jump. So yeah. 
I'm going to give you props also for just taking the leap because yeah. that's, that's more my style of like, oh yeah, I could have a plan in place. Let's just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And literally, I hate to say this because I feel like it sounds like, oh God, what, what year was that? But you have to remember like, the, <laughs> inter- the internet and like searching was even so new back then. Like there, it wasn't like, oh, well, I'll just start Googling. You know, it was like, you didn't have as many resources as you do now. You really had to hustle and figure it out. And that's what I did. I mean, I, I just started like telling people what I was doing. And then, you know, one, what it would be like somebody like you would say, Oh, and you know what? Well, maybe talk to my friend over here. And then my neighbor told me to talk to someone else. And then, you know, before you knew it, I finally got a client and I was like, yes, I got a client. And then from there it just kept building. Thank goodness. That's awesome. Yeah, it's funny to explain to, you know, somebody younger than myself. It's it's hard. It's weird to think of that. It was tw- 21 years ago, I started designing websites when I was 14. And it was like, at the at the time, it was I didn't have uh, YouTube, there weren't really many resources, there were books, but I did couldn't drive to go get a book. So it's like, I did right click view source code and reverse engineer a website. Like it's just what you had to do back then. And it's just, so I can relate to it to you on, you know, having to prospect pre, you know, just type something in. It's amazing yeah. the, the amount of information and how easy it is to start something nowadays. Yeah. It, you really have so much more access to people through all the social channels. It's insane. Like what the difference is. Yeah, absolutely. So you kind of had an idea of what kind of work you were doing. You didn't seem to have too much trouble getting clients going, but what would you say was a challenge that you never expected to happen as you were starting your own company? So I started in 2001 and, um, you know, by kind of most standards, I did really well until 2007. But what I did in there, um, probably about um, probably about 2003 or four, probably about 2003, I had landed a really sizable client and they were paying me really good money and they kept taking up more and more of my time with more and more projects. And I just kept letting that happen. So I will say that they easily had 80% of my business, if not more. Um, and I had very small other clients, right? Just some that would pop up here and there for different things. Um, and so what happened in 2007 is that they called me into their office and they said, you know what, we have hit some extremely difficult financial times and we are ending your contract immediately. So that's one like gulp. And then they said, and by the way, we know we have some invoices that are outstanding with you and we can't pay those either. And so, I mean, I, I just remember feeling so stunned. Like I kind of picked up my personal stuff. I walked out and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Um, and it's so funny because that sort of the, the next day, Monday, whatever it was that I came to my office and it was actually, cause now I'm back in my home office. It was actually my home office, right where I'm sitting today. And I remember just kind of like sitting here and I had nothing. I mean, I had no projects and I'm like, okay, well, here we go, right? We're going to have to start over again. What can you do? And, you know, fortunately, I two things happen from relationships I built. And this is, again, why I always tell people, like, you never know who can help you. And you always want to keep good relationships. Someone I had known uh, back when I started my business in 2001, who had actual, I actually met, he called me and there's a university here that was hiring for like a human resources certificate program 
um, in the evenings. And he calls me and what was funny is I love it. He goes, his name's Jim. He goes, hey, Ann, you know, I think you'd be great. And we're looking for an instructor. And he said, but I got to tell you something, it doesn't pay very well. And I'm sitting over here going, if it pays me a dollar, like I'm happy right now. And so I'm like, oh, okay, you know, and he tells me what it pays and it pays great. It's fine. And it's at night. So I'm like, this is perfect. I can do this and still kind of work my business. Um, so that was one thing. And that was amazing. I actually taught there for seven years. It ended up being very uh, rewarding. I loved it was adult students. And I, I just loved them. That was so fun. And then the other thing that happened is a client that I'd done work for probably again, back in like 2002, maybe 2003, called me literally within days and said, we had to terminate our HR professional. And we were wondering if you can help sort of evaluate the situation, where are we at, help us figure out who we need to hire and then, um, and then help us hire that person. And so they wanted me to start flying up to Sonoma, California every week for a few months while I sorted things out. And just those two things, like, mate gave me that, like, okay, it's, it's, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay, right? I can do this again. Um, the teaching was like one night a week when I started doing it. So that was very minimal, but it still paid decent and it paid enough to keep, you know, my roof over my head and food on the table. And I was like, okay, cool. But that was by far the biggest challenge is why, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Now you didn't try and, you know, grease the wheels a little bit, not act, act so desperate or be like, oh, that's pretty low. But, you know, could you, could you throw in a, a little something more? I mean, can I take a printer? You know, I mean, one thing I will, <laughs> I know, right. One thing I will say about, um, you know, and I know you and I've heard that this before in the networking group we're part of is, is being smart with your money though is huge. And I, I fortunately have always been that way. So even though I was like, holy smokes, what's going to happen? I, I probably had maybe three months of living in savings at that point, but three months is three months, right? And that's ended up being more than what I needed. So uh, I, you know, I often try to tell that to new people who are starting their business, like try to start putting something away for those moments that you just don't expect. And, um, and I've never given anyone that percentage of my business again like that's my yeah. rule obviously and i never have let anybody get behind in billing again either because those two those are two very valuable learning lessons for sure and they did eventually pay me, by the way i will tell oh, you they did yeah wow. they did they did it took them several months but they did so that was like another like whew. wow good. that's great yeah, yeah not many people that you know stick to you know, those things when they're in those situations. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Fortunately, I had a really good champion at that company that really felt like, you know, she did a lot of work for us and she, and we really need to make this right. Even if it takes years, even if we pay her $10 a week, you know, we got to pay her till she's whole. So it's pretty yeah. good. That's yeah. very cool. I think that speaks to your reputation of how much people like working with you. And you know what, uh, I think, you know, just your personality of you're willing to help people. They want to give that back. Thank you. Thank you. We talked about that challenge and yeah. you know what, that was, that kind of, I think falls into maybe, you know, one of the, the, the failures in your business of, you know, giving that much work to a client and um, letting them get behind and whatnot. Are there any other failures that might come up in your business that you learned from and turned them into learning experiences? Um, you know what? I, it's so funny. I don't like to think of it as a failure, but you know, I now, now we're, I have two employees who work for me 
And I wish I would have grown my business sooner. So I don't really think of it as a failure um, per se, but I really do think, wish I would have grown it sooner. I sort of, I accidentally grew it. My nephew came to work for me for a few years. He's a, he's a drummer and he was, he just moved to California and he's like, oh, I just, you know, come help file. And then before you knew it, he had a job. Um, and then when he told me he was leaving, I was like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. Like, I'll just go back to being my sole proprietor self. And I did without even realizing it, I'd grown my business, right? I, I didn't even know that I had started to get more work because I could offload some of it to him. Mm-hmm. But it was in that moment I realized, wow, you know what? I really should have be- probably hired sooner. So I don't, yeah, I hate to see it as a failure, but it's something I always tell people, like you almost gotta, when you're at that point where you're like, should I, shouldn't I? Just, if you can make it happen, make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, so we were talking before we recorded on how I need like seven people today um, and zero other days, maybe maybe one. So. I know. <laughs> that is the hard part. It's like people always ask me like, when? how do you know when to hire? And I'm like, I'm, I don't know if I'm the authority on that because I waited a little longer than I probably should have. But yeah, you got to start weighing out like how many days would you feel like you need somebody and then how many days you're like, well, there isn't really that much to do. Sure. Yeah, you could you could definitely help with the onboarding process, though. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I can help you find them and onboard them and take care of them. <laughs> Perfect. So, would you say you know you're you help people with their leadership? Is that something you've just naturally been talented with, or is that something you've learned over the years? Like, where did you get this experience to be able to help other leaders uh, figure out their their flaws and where they can improve upon? Yeah, that's such a great question. So definitely, I mean, it's something I've studied, obviously, my background in education. I I mean, my educational background is in leadership development and management and that kind of thing. Um, But it really, you know, that's book work, which is great and gives you lots of theories. And but where I've really learned it is just in working with leaders. I mean, I worked in that 10 year time that I was in house. I changed jobs every couple of years. I was not really a long-term employee. I always feel like I was built to be a consultant. And then over the 19 years, I have worked with so many leaders. I mean, definitely in the thousand range of leaders and just giving them, just through talking to them and learning about their challenges, it's just given me such perspective. And I, I think one of the things that I found so amazing is how so many people are similar, but think they're all different. They think that they're the only one who have that problem with that employee or this, you know, challenge with being able to be a better leader. Um, And they really don't. There's so much similarity. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I was going to ask, is there a common thread? Like, is there a common thing that leaders struggle with? Yes. (laughs) I'm going to tell you what it is. I probably talk about this 20 times a day. The most common thing is that leaders don't have the tough conversations with the people they need to have them with and they keep people who are low performers way longer than they should. Um, and it's so, it, they almost get too wrapped up in um, almost, I, I understand personal and professional collide, but at some point you're going to have to choose one. And if you choose the personal, your business, or if you're in part of a company, your team will suffer if you always choose personal. I do think there's, you need to have a balance. I think you've got to care about your employees and value them and all of that. But when somebody is not performing for you and you've done everything you can for them in meeting with them and training them and helping them and they can't do it, you have to make that tough decision. But I talk to so many people who keep those people around way longer than they should. And then they usually call me when they're completely frustrated and 
<laughs> yeah. Or, or it's impacted them in some way, right? Like now it's impacting their performance review or their next promotion because they won't, you know, they're getting passed over because they haven't dealt with this person. Yeah, no, that's, that's something I've heard from a lot of leaders is to fire fast. Like don't, don't let it draw on and don't, you know, don't support the people that are bringing the company down, even if it's, uh, you know, not a huge thing if it's going to create a toxic culture it needs to it needs to go they need to go and you know i i always tell people like just because they're not working out for you because i know some of these people feel badly like oh gosh what are they going to do where are they going to get a job just because they're not working out for you doesn't mean they won't be great somewhere else they can be someone else's high performer i mean there's so many reasons people get mismatched for jobs it's i mean and and, and they don't even realize that they're mismatched you know but it might be because you know, this is a customer facing position and they don't really interact with people very well, or this is a very technical role and they're really more of a customer oriented person, you know, people person. So there's so many reasons people don't succeed in certain jobs, but can succeed somewhere else. Yeah. That actually brings up a story. I, so a, my main source of income is I flip houses and um, the title company I work with all the time an old family friend used to be their head of marketing and he really struggled in the role and didn't like being behind the scenes. And it was to the point where it's like, okay, maybe we need to fire this guy. And, you know, and what they instead did is basically swapped roles with people. They had somebody who was doing the more customer facing work, put him in marketing and he thrived and they took the person in marketing, put them in the customer facing role and they thrived. So it's one of those things where it's like, you just need to find the right match for the right personalities. And it may not even require firing them. It just finds out exactly where they're going to thrive. You know, the people skills involved in management are unbelievable. And like so many people get promoted into leadership roles because they're good at the job, the task, right? They were really good at whatever the thing was. And then they get promoted and that's kind of where my business kicks in. But there's so many people that get promoted and then have, they don't have any resources on what they're supposed to be doing. And they're just like, oh yeah, everybody just do your job. And it's like, well, it doesn't work like that. And there's also not always a lot of time. Like when I start talking to leaders about what they need to do, often the very first question I get is, how am I gonna have time for all this? And that is a struggle, but it's like, you know, I, I think you've heard me say this, but I always say, if you don't have time to lead a team, then you shouldn't be a leader. I mean, you got to step down yourself because that means you're putting yourself not in the right role and you're going to be affecting other people now and making their lives miserable as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I can, it's a trickle down effect for sure. It really is. Yeah. So how many people do you find deal with, you know, more of the fear-based management versus, you you know, some of the other, uh, softer approaches and is the, is there a perfect management or is it that individual individualized? I mean, I definitely think it's individualized and it, it does sometimes come back to work culture. I, I lean more on the side of, you know, starting people outright from day one, really explaining what your expectations are, going over your values, actually having values. Um, and then making sure this person understands what their role is in the organization and what sort of what you're expecting from them, right? Um, and that is a, maybe a softer approach. Um, I do also understand, you know, sometimes you have to, you're going to have to take disciplinary steps or you're going to have to terminate employment. That's just part of it. 
But I do feel if you start off correctly from the beginning, really investing the time in the beginning, you have a much better chance of being people being successful at the end. Or, or as they go on, I shouldn't say at the end, but as they go on through the through the training and, and time with you. So yeah, it's about saying those expectations right up front. And yeah. you know, it goes smoother from there. Yeah. A lot of times I, I have, have my leaders like when they come up with ideas, I'm trying to remember this one that I just heard the other day. Oh, I know what it was. A client called me and said, can we put GPS tracking on, they have company cars. Can we put GPS tracking on our company cars, which they can, um, and not tell our employees? And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Being you, who you are, and she's an amazing leader. If you found out today that there's a GPS system on your car and your boss didn't tell you, how would you feel? Right. And she's like, okay, I feel like they didn't trust me and I'd feel bad. And I'd be like, why didn't he just tell me? I don't care. Right. I'm a, I, and I said, exactly. So like, if you have to start, I always feel like if you're starting to think of those sorts of tactics to manage your employees, you already know you have the wrong people. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to catch them doing something wrong. And it's like, instead actively manage them. And I, I think you'll be able to have plenty of reasons to terminate their employment if that's what you're going after. But you might also be able to identify some areas that you can do better and they might actually improve too. So it could go one of two ways easily, but yeah. So I kind of, I don't like that. I don't know. I always like really ask my leaders to think things through some of the ideas they come with. I'm like, well, let's just process that for a second. Yeah, we're going to put an ankle bracelet on you, but we're not going to tell you. We're not going to tell you. Would you be mad? I would be so mad if my car was getting tracked, even if it's a company car. I mean, part of me would probably assume it's getting tracked, but the fact that nobody told me, I don't know. You you are helping other leaders out. You know, you have to come up with some creative ideas. Where is it that you find you do your best thinking? Um, abs- I have two places really that I do my best thinking. So one of them by far is I ride a, a road bicycle basically. And I, I think my best when I'm riding, it is the, because there are so many things to do when you're riding on a road in terms of safety and all of that, it keeps me busy enough that it oddly opens up a creative part of my brain. Cause I'm not thinking about the day to day and what I have to do. And when I get off my bike and whatever I didn't get done. And so it keeps me busy enough with these sort of nuts and bolts things that I've got to do that it opens up this creative creativity that I love. So after a long bike ride is often when I think of things I'm going to do with my business, how I'm going to handle marketing, how I'm going to help my clients. Um, And then the other place for me being in California, I have access to lots of beaches and I absolutely love going to the beach. I, I often, it's so funny, my bicycle opens up like creativity for me. The beach is definitely like if I have a problem that I'm just like reworking and reworking, reworking, I just can't find the solution. The beach is definitely a great place for me to just sort of, I get centered and I'm able to, again, it's like just sort of let go of all the daily stuff. And somehow I find solutions to a lot of problems in those moments. That's awesome. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't all have access to the beach, but uh, you know, (laughs) I, I do get, you know, that creative side opens up usually for me when I, I'm in uh, a goalie where, you know, there's lots of wilderness and um, it's, it's really nice. So I'll strap on a weighted vest, go, go hike through the hills. And, you know, I find that's where I get creative, but I find recently I've got a, I've been mean to talk to you about this. Anyway, my daughter has been riding her bike to school. And so I decided to break my bike out that it's like a $200 Costco mountain bike that's wow. two, that's 10 years old 
that's been stored in a shed that isn't sealed perfectly. So it's, you know, it squeaks and all this stuff. It works. Yeah, it does. But I've been finding myself like, okay, well, I'm on the bike anyway. I might as well get out there. I'm going to be like, Ann. I'm going to ride. And (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) I, I get, I like, I'll sit there, you know, I'll have it tracking on my watch and I'm like, oh, I should send and this. I'm like, no, that's too embarrassing. I only get (laughs) six miles in 45 minutes or something. Then it's It's it's, so funny. Isn't it funny how some things really like resonate with some people and other things is like, oh, that sounds terrible. Like, I don't want to do that. Hey, I started off just riding like five miles or something. I just Mm -hmm. ended up getting crazy and riding a lot longer, but... (laughs) I'm always excited when anybody gets, gets outside to do anything. I just, I mean, especially because sometimes, you know, there's weather limitations or whatever. So I just think that's, I think it's so good for us to get outside and just, it shifts perspective, no matter what, like even if you just walk around the neighborhood, it shifts your perspective because you see things you wouldn't normally see or I love that. I have to tell you one of my very first bike rides I ever went on, like how I kind of got into cycling is I rode here on highway one and um, it was for a, um, an arthritis ride. It was from San Francisco to Santa Monica. But the funny part is like somewhere partially through that ride, it was like eight days. Um, I suddenly was like, gosh, I did, never knew this it was so hilly. And everyone's like, haven't you ever driven on Highway 1? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but man, I just was not thinking, oh, the hills. Gosh, there's so many hills. Those are not my favorite. No. And let me tell you, Highway 1 is something I want to, you know, go from like start to finish, but in a car. Like, yeah, yeah, I want to be in a. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. I would do that too. I would definitely do it. Yeah. I can't believe people who do that ride every single year. I'm like one year I was good. I did it. I felt accomplished. I never, I loved it. It was such a great experience, but I'm like, never, never need to do that again. Check. (laughs) Moving on. What would you say is your definition of the word hustle? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. So I think for me, uh, when I think of hustle, because I say that about myself all the time, so I love the name of your company. I was like, oh, what a good idea. Um, I really think for me, it's relentlessness. And so in my entire career and life, really, since for as long as I can remember, um, people have told me no and that I can't do something. And um, sometimes, you know, I, I should probably just let it be, but I often take that on as a challenge. I'm like, no, you know what, I'm gonna figure out a way to do this. So to hustle to me is to sort of have that relentless nature where it's like, I'm, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna figure this out. This is something I really want and I'm gonna figure out a way to get there. So that's kind of what I think of like relentlessness. Yeah, no, I love that. I haven't had that answer before, but that is absolutely, right. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that's, yeah. that's a fantastic description of it. You know, then to everybody, it's, it's a little bit different, but it's, you know, it's all, a, I think of a form of, you know, keep moving and, yeah. you know, not accepting that. No, but, you know, relent, relentless now is uh, something you hear. Um, fairly often brought up in synonymous with uh tim grover who yes. uh, you know is michael jordan's trainer and having recently watched you know the last dance where they talk about michael jordan's last year and that that guy is definitely relentless so now you can uh, you can say that somebody <laughs> has talked about Anne laguza and michael jordan in the same sentence so 
and use that. <laughs> I really want to see that uh, that show. I have not seen it, but I really want to. So it's on my yeah. list. Well, and I really appreciate you taking time to time out of your day to talk to me. You know, this is something we've tried to plan for a little while. And you know what? You're busy. I understand. You've got a lot going on with California changing their labor laws all the time, it seems like. And, you know, with this pandemic, everything changes. Everything's fluid, it seems like. So you've, sure. you've had a lot on your plate. So I appreciate your time. And oh. I don't want to take too much of it. Um, so I want to give you a chance to um, plug whatever you're working on, where people can best find you, and then we'll jump into the last question. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. This is so exciting to do, really. Um, so uh, you can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn at my name, at Ann Laguza, like it is on the, or at, yeah, at Ann Laguza, sorry, <laughs> like it is on the screen. Um, and then I also am on Facebook under my company name, which is at The Works HR or the works consulting. Um, but those are the best places to find me. I'm very, um, I would say Instagram and LinkedIn probably are some of the places I'm most active. And I really try to push out a ton of content. So you're getting a lot of information about how to do a lot of the things that I'm helping my clients do every single day. Yeah. And you know, I did a plug for your Instagram and I'll make sure to include links in the description for this, but <laughs> you know, I've had, I've reposted some of your stuff, uh, I don't know, dozens of times now, it seems like you've always got some great content and you're always, you know, helping people out for free on your Instagram stories and, you know, just relaying stories. And so you're a valuable resource. So make sure to follow Anne on Instagram. Thank you. Uh, so last question I want to ask you personal or business, what is it that excites you about the future? Oh gosh, there's so many great things. I think I'm going to choose, um, I'm going to choose business, I guess, because what excites me for the future is I personally, although the pandemic's been a nightmare in many ways, um, it's so, it is shaking up business in a way that I haven't seen it shook, if you will, in a long time. And I think this is such a time for leaders to reinvent themselves and really evaluate their teams and where they're going. And I'm excited about that. Like I, I keep saying to leaders, like if, I feel like if they miss this opportunity, really missing out. Like they, every a lot of people I talk to are always looking for like, what's the kind of the catalyst for me to do that? Well, I think this is a great moment. Things, regardless if you've been able to return to the office, you're working from home, whatever the heck you're doing, everybody was affected by this. And this is a really, really good time to reevaluate and, and really build the team that you want. I just, I cannot say that enough. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, this is definitely an unprecedented time. So might as well use it to your advantage. Right. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, thank you again. And, you know, I know I've gotten a ton of value out of this. So I know my audience has gotten value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day.